I feel like we're going to need like a disclaimer on this episode. Oh, do your intro first and then I have some. I don't have an intro. That's my intro. Disclaimer. Kevin Spacey's a monster. Oh, okay. Continue. No. So tell me about ballroom dancing. Oh, okay. So this harkens back to episode. uh, I don't know. What episode was that? Our Strictly Ballroom episode. 69, 70. 69, dude. I don't know what one it was, but it was our Strictly Ballroom episode. And um, we weren't 100% sure on some ballroom dancing facts. And I said I was going to ask my friend Kate, who is a ballroom dancer. Well, she's a professional ballroom dancer. Teacher person. And she uh, texted me with some some answers. And I have been meaning to... And specifically about Australian like ballroom Australian dancing. Australian ballroom dancing, which is a thing. Um. So, okay, I'm just going to read her. Okay, sure. So Australia had and still has, as far as I know, a ballroomy dance thing called New Vogue. And you learn a whole routine for each level of the dance, which is why in many scenes, all the dancers are doing the same thing. It's not merely visually pleasing. It's actually the style of dance. Um, But there's also regular old ballroom dancing where there are certain steps that you can do at certain levels. They either go bronze, silver, silver, gold or associate licentious. Wow. I don't even know what word that is. Licentiate and, and fellow. Okay, those are th- three levels. Uh, depending how, uh, depending on the very official syllabi you use, and then open, as in the Pan Pacific Latin American Open Amateur Finals, or of course what we see in the movie, the you know mm-hmm. what they do. Um, she said it seems Scott and Liz were competing in both New Vogue and Open, but Open would be more prestigious. As opposed to mm. the, the New Vogue where everyone's doing the same thing. The New Vogue sounds like um, back in the, back in the kind of, not olden days, but um, in the way back days of like figure skating where they all had to do a specific technical like things. Like you to do your figure eight? Yeah. yeah. Mia. It sounds kind of like that. Which hasn't really changed in the figure skating world. It's just now they got to, you got to land this but I mean, jump. But, but I mean. Those are more skill sets yeah, that yeah, they yeah. had to show that they could do. Right. It sounds um, like what this is. And then we were talking about the stuff she was putting on the floor. Mm-hmm. So, so the stuff Fran spilled on the floor was likely cornstarch or floor powder, which just makes fo- floors um, slick. Just It just helps with the... The shit she dropped looked like rock salt. Well, maybe And it was it's... crunchy. <laughs> um, maybe it's it's different in a show. It goes clockwise. And then she said, um, yes, lots of makeup. Uh, it's just like stage makeup, but also kind of drag queeny because ladies are trying to look more feminine than they already are so it's like and you have to be able stage to, makeup times 20 which is you have to be able to be seen from like the yeah and you're just fringes. trying to look as feminine as you can mm-hmm. more so than you would if you were just I mean, on stage. like like um pageant makeup like the little honey boo-boo makeup and said so the hair was very accurate for the time so early 90s well i don't doubt that yeah, yeah. Um, and then she said real competitions have, um, well, she was laughing because the big competition in the movie seems to only have the samba and then the pasa doble. Uh-huh. She said real competitions have cha-cha, samba, rumba, um, and the pasa doble and the jive. And I was like, there was definitely no jive in this movie. <laughs> um. But yeah, so she, yeah, a little Although, a little ballroom knowledge for those who listened to the Strictly Ballroom episode and had a couple more questions like I did. But although, also the um, movie competition could have been kind of truncated. Just all those other dances could have been implied to have already been well, in sure. there, you know? But yeah, that's fucking weird though. Yeah, Australia is a weird place. But... So yeah, I wanted to get that out. Thank you, Kate. No. <clears throat> Granted, friend of the pod. We have two now. <laughs> um, Let her know that you finally mentioned her, her info. <laughs> Three weeks later. Three weeks later. And I also did um, uh, dropped our, our podcast to uh, my friend Meg, who I'd, I had never told about. Uh, she's not on like social media, so she had no idea that we had a podcast. So I told um another person about it and she's excited to start listening so and she's a writer a stage writer it's a play she's writer kind of a 
big shot sort of. Is she a big shot? That's nah, just Meg. <laughs> I mean, she's got like a. Isn't she with like a she CAA? Has, she has credits. I thought she was William Morris. Oh, oh, sorry. William I don't Morris. know. <laughs> Not those slums at CAA. Um. Anywho, welcome. Um. Thank you for that long, weird intro. But you know, giving props as they do. A lot of people do that at the beginning of their podcast. Thank you for writing in all of our fans. Uh, this is why do we own this DVD podcast? <laughs> Inundated with that one email. Oh, took up so much of my time. Uh, podcast where we talk about our DVD collection. Um, we're what is this number 75 that's close this is no yeah this it is 75 because be. when i told meg about this podcast i said we just dropped number 74 and it was our grease one so okay uh this is the silver anniversary of our podcast. Is that 75 no what am i talking about well you're talking about like jubilees i don't know what i'm talking about yeah like the queen i think 75 <laughs> was a diamond jubilee i think cool I don't have um, my phone with me, so I don't care. I don't care. Good. Oh, my God. You guys, he doesn't have his phone. Well, no. I will pause and go get it if I need no. you. <laughs> um, today, we're talking about... You heard the disclaimer. We are talking about a Kevin Spacey movie. Um, I like to think of it as an Annette Benning movie. But it is... Yeah. It truly is a Kevin it Spacey It truly movie. is a Kevin Spacey movie. And it's a... You know what? Who's good enough? Problems aside, it's a very good movie. Okay. Uh, we're talking about American Beauty, uh, the, the Best Picture winner. For a 19- while, one of my favorite movies. Okay. Best Picture winner from 1999. Um, at the time, it was heralded as one of the best written movies ever. Uh, it was the best reviewed reviewed movie of 1999, um, all over top 10 lists, obviously, um. Kevin Spacey was still fairly new. You know, he had done... Seven and usual yeah, suspects. Thank you for yeah. finishing my sentence. But he was still in kind of an unknown because they didn't want him in this movie. They said he was too... He wasn't... Um, a big uh, enough name? He wasn't a big enough name. Sam Mendes uh, said, nope, I want him too bad. Uh, we'll get into that. So... We watched this movie last night. We really dragged our feet on this one. I was like, dude, it's Thursday. We got to watch it. I'm starting it at 6 o'clock, whether you're in the room or not. Um, And so I promise, I going in, I was like, ugh. Because I'm always, ugh, when it comes to this movie. I will try to focus on things I liked about it. Because there are some things I like about American Beauty. Believe it or not. It. I mean, it's this is... One of those handful of movies where, mm-hmm. as a young... So where were you? So 1999... Okay. September 15th, 1999. I had just literally started my junior year of college. Like a week before that. September 15th. Yeah. It's cool. Okay. Um, did not want to see this movie. Did not see it at all. I didn't see this movie until I was watching all of the movies that we had in alphabetical order. Like... Mm-hmm. God, it was probably like 20 years ago now. Mm-hmm. And it's close to, this is when I was like, I'm going to do this. And it was close enough to the beginning where I was still like into doing it. Mm. I watched I it. remember that. And I was like, that was depressing. Hope you, I don't have to watch it. You still skipped a couple of them that, that, that round. <laughs> yeah. Next Friday, I believe you Next skipped. Next Friday and Gun Shy. <laughs> and Kingpin. Wait, we have Kingpin? I don't know if we do or not. We don't have Kingpin. I thought we did. No, we don't. I've never owned Kingpin. I always get that mixed up with Pushing Tin. They sound the same in my we head. We also don't have Pushing Tin. I know we don't have the one. I swear we have Ping Ping. Ping, <laughs> ping Pong. Um, okay, so you, in September 1999, you saw this in the theater? You, yes. You did. Okay. By yourself. No. As the depressed child you were. <laughs> I don't know who I saw it with. I, I didn't see movies by myself. Mm-hmm. I would go to eat dinner by You're myself. missing out. That's oh, I, weird. I went to restaurants by myself. That's really weird because everyone can see you. At least in a theater, it doesn't look like you're by yourself. There are other people around you usually. No, I, not saying that going to restaurants by yourself is weird. People who are listening and who, who do that, you, I've done that too. But I'm always making sure that I'm doing something. 
like writing. Oh, no. I make sure that I'm sitting there looking around. Oh, my God. As many people as possible know that I am eating alone. Great. No. So, um, so you saw this in the theater. Yeah, I was. And you were like, this is a revolution. Because I was in the early stages of working in the movies in 99. I was probably doing jobs, a lot of jobs for free. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. This was, you know, when, yeah, you got to get in there. And the occasional pay job where you got a very small paycheck once a week. Yeah. yeah. For working 15 hours a day uh-huh. in some shitty, someone's shitty backyard or if you were lucky, a soundstage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, and then I, this movie comes out and it was that thing where I'm like, God damn it. That's the movie that I wished I had written. Mm-hmm. Written by Alan Ball. Um, had not yet done. He, of course, after this, he gets Six Feet Under, mm-hmm. which is huge. Um, but before this, he wasn't, he was striking out everywhere. I This was one of those movies, too, where I devoured the commentaries and stuff, too. Oh, God. Yeah. Remember those days? Yeah, I like commentaries, but I feel like this commentary would be... This one... Is it just... Is it Sam Mendes or... It's Alan Ball and Sam Mendes, I think. Okay, well, that wouldn't be too bad. I don't want to hear Kevin Spacey talk about his own performance. I don't remember if it had actor commentary. I don't remember. I haven't watched... If Ben Affleck isn't doing it, I don't want to hear I haven't watched the commentaries in like 20 years. No, no one has. People are like, the (laughs) whaties? That's why the Tropic Thunder... I don't break character until I do the DVD commentary. I was like, wait, is there That's why that was so funny. Um, But yeah, this movie was, I mean, it was, it, I don't want to say it was life changing, but it was certainly um, eye opening in a way. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm, yeah. And it, it was certainly like, oh, this movie is super emo. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is a, tr- a truly noir film. Okay. I mean, it is dark as you can get. I mean, because mm-hmm. it starts off with the narration where the narrator tells you that he's dead. Yeah. But he doesn't know it yet. And he's walking you through the moments that lead up to his death. Mm-hmm. And I mean... And everyone in this movie is fucked up. Does that happen in Citizen Kane? I fucking don't. You saw it most I know. recently. Isn't he? We know that he dies. Rosebud. That's how it starts. Mm-hmm. And so it's the all, movie is. The whole movie is a flashback. Yeah. And it's trying to figure out. So it's kind of not the same, but you know what I mean. He leaves a mystery behind in Citizen Kane. Yeah, and I think the with... people at his will reading, I think, right? Ye... Isn't his will being read? Yeah, I think so. The last will testament. Whereas this, you know, it's kind of a mystery. Oh, how does he die? Who? So this is kind of not the same, but you know, it's that same kind of beginning. We're like, okay, this person's dead. Now we got to find out why. And I mean, this movie. But the movie's not about that. It's about these people's lives. It's just a snapshot of a horribly dysfunctional family. So uh, Lester Berman, Burnham, Burnham. Like Bo Burnham. Played by uh, Kevin Spacey. Middle-aged, says magazine executive, hates his job, very unhappy in his marriage, Uh, his marriage to Carolyn, played by Annette Bening, who is wonderful in this movie, Um, has a daughter who's, you know. She's in the throes of teenage angst. Yeah, she's not depressed, I would say. But she's just a young emo. She doesn't go, you know, she doesn't talk to her parents. Her parents don't talk to her. She's like 16 years old or whatever. Yeah, played by Thor Birch. Um, you know, and just kind of... Mm, she's not... She's I mean, not, she's, a, she's a classic emo teenager. I mean, she's on the cheerleading team, but she's not the cheerleader. You know, she's not... She's on the cheerleading? Yeah, remember the oh, halftime right. show? Yep. That's why the parents come mm. to it. Um, She's not Angela Hayes, played mm-hmm. by... Mina Suvari. I almost said Mira Savino. God. 
um, who is your typical cheerleader type. She's the all-American. Yeah, but she's got issues too. She's like the all-American beauty queen, kind of. Yeah, who's got a shit ton of issues as well. Everyone has issues. But um, uh, they have uh, new neighbors move into their suburban sprawl neighborhood. They're super suburban neighborhood. Super suburban. Um, They don't name a place where this movie takes place, but they say it's kind of like suburban Illinois. I, I got the I feeling that it was like like upper East Coast like yeah they they said upper, Illinois like um sort of higher up like upper class you know kind of the wealthier okay East Coast kind of suburban sure. areas. yeah they said Illinois so probably like you know Shermer Shermer Illinois <laughs> um. New neighbors, um, we have the retired Marine Corps, Frank Fitz. Oh. I think his, Chris Cooper, okay, he he's great in everything he does because you're scared shitless of him in whatever he does. Because he has demon eyes. <gasps> like he played a Marine Corps in Jarhead. He was in Jarhead. Yeah. Makes him watch that movie. What, Apocalypse Now. Yeah, he's in Jarhead, which is why the, the character is interchangeable to me because he plays. This. I don't remember him in Jarhead. I do because I have Chris Cooper PTSD. Every time I see him in something, I'm like, I'm so disturbed because he's so scary. Mm, think, he's he's a he's a imposing figure. Um, this one, he's just you know he's that asshole Marine Corps dad, who. I mean, he's he's. Ugh. He's worst. A, he's an abusive dad. Yeah, beats up his son, um, played by Wes Bentley. Uh, Ricky, Ricky Fitz. Mm-hmm. Damn it, Ricky! And his wife, um, Barbara, played by Alison Jenny, who I I read that they originally had written a lot of dialogue for her, um, and then they ended up taking away about ninety percent of her dialogue because they said her character wouldn't say anything. She's silent in this in I this mean, family. It's she can't hold a finger to her husband. It's almost a waste of Alice and Janney, but her face—it's all in her face. You see how heartbreaking. Like she's just, trapped and she can't do anything, and she's not even going to try. It's almost to the point where she almost seems like she's been um, rendered mentally disabled because yeah. of the abuse she's yeah. done. And and even when you know Ricky says he's leaving, and she's like. She's, Take an umbrella or whatever? Yeah, because she, she's happy for him. She's like, she knows yeah. he has to. He has to get out. She can't, but he can. That kind of situation. I mean, it's she's the ultimate martyr. Oh, Allison Janney, you're so good. Um, The neighbors on the other side, Jim and Jim. Uh, I don't know who the one guy is, but I know the one guy is Scott Bakula. The other Jim, I don't know who it is. He's oh, not on, yeah, I don't he's remember. He's on the list, but I remember when I first saw it, I'm like, hey, it's Sam Beckett. Um, They're... Gay couple living together. They both have the same name, which I guess Sam or Alan Ball always, he always wanted to do that. Well, <laughs> he said, I want to write about the most boring gay couple. You know, nothing eccentric, just two guys named Jim. Yeah. Which is <laughs> actually really funny. I mean, it is funny because, you know, that probably happens a lot. You would, you know, hey, hey, Jim and Jim. Um, and, um, so Lester is going, obviously going through like a midlife. Oh, it's the ultimate midlife crisis. It's, it's the like, it's a ultimate. classic midlife crisis. Yeah. He, to the point where he quits his job, um, finds out his, his wife is having an affair and he doesn't care. He gets a job flipping burgers. Which is what he loved as a youth. Yeah. As a what? A, a youth. I heard buth. Wow. You said buth. We can replay it. <laughs> um, he loved flick. Picking burgers as a beast. Where's my tea? And he buys a 1970 Pontiac Firebird. Yep. The kind the his car cousin. he always wanted and now he owns it because he rules. Because he rules. <laughs> Thank you. 1970 Pontiac Firebird. The car I've always wanted and now I have it. I rule. Carolyn is having an affair with Eyebrows. Peter Eyebrows Gallagher. Uh, Buddy Kane. He's a fellow 
a competitor realtor. realtor. She's, she sells houses. He's a more he's the more successful. He's successful, but she finds his work ethic and you know she just is she's like, inspired by inspired by him and look at her husband. So they have like an affair. I will sell this house today. She's Peter Gallagher's eyebrows are the working. They are overtime the in this movie. Best supporting actor of this oh movie. My God. They're amazing. But when are they not working overtime? They're never not working. We get to talk about his eyebrows again when we watch Center Stage. Oh. He's in that? Yeah, he's like the, he runs the ballet company. Oh, and I always thought it was the weirdest fucking role ever. We don't have a two Jillian on her 37th birthday. No, and we don't have While You Were Sleeping either. Because guess what? I've never seen that movie. Because you have that Sandra Bullock Because I have thing. that Sandra Bullock thing. Okay. And they just, the rewatchables just did while, while You Were Sleeping like last It's a good week, movie. And I was like, God damn, I want to see this. It's really good. I didn't know that. I forgot that Bill Pullman was in it. And Bill Pullman's my man. Bill Pullman was her fiance or whatever, wasn't he? He doesn't get the girl. Yeah. He doesn't get it. Oh, he does get it. He doesn't get it in Sleepings in Seattle, which is why he wanted to do While You Were Sleeping because he finally gets the girl. She doesn't end up with Peter Gallagher. She ends up with Bill Pullman. Yeah, because wasn't Peter Gallagher already engaged too? Yeah, I think so. He's the one in the coma, right? Yeah, he's... I don't know why I would... I've never... She is the gate... The attendant, right? I thought she's the one who hit him. I don't remember anymore. Is she? Does someone get hit in that movie? No, I. I'm gonna watch this I don't movie remember. someday. I thought she was working the toll booth, and she sees oh. she's a witness to Peter Gallagher's like oh. injury. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to see it someday. But I don't. Remember maybe I'll rent anymore. it. Um, yeah. So he doesn't care his that his wife is having an affair. Um, and he becomes obsessed with his daughter's best friend, Angela Hayes. Oh, God, it's gross. And he befriends the neighbor, Ricky, because he's a drug dealer. He's a pot dealer. Yeah, he's a pot dealer. And he has the best pot. So he starts smoking pot and he starts working out um, because Angela Hayes doesn't hide the fact that she likes to flirt with old men. Mm -hmm. And he's, she's like, wow, you're looking good. Muscles. And so he's like, I'm going to get jacked. And And I think he, doesn't he overhear... The yeah, two of them talking in it. Yeah. She's like, your dad's cute. I would tell you. Yeah. She says a bunch of words I don't want to say. Because this is a children's podcast. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, yeah. So he's all riled up with that. Flower petals and everything. Which I do like that shot of the flower petals. There's a few iconic images from this movie. All with the flower petals. The flower petals. Coming out of her shirt. Annette Benning Walking in the rain. Clutching her purse. Yeah, at the end. Yeah. yeah. The bathtub with the petals that Mina Savari. I have to look at her name each time. God. And she's laying in the bathtub of petals. Um, meanwhile, Ricky and um, Jane, daughter Jane, start a friendship, relationship. Mm-hmm. He likes to film weird shit and um, including plastic bags and dead birds and her. I mean, he finds the beauty in in the mundane and in the conventionally unattractive. Yeah. Is that why he likes her? No, he's. I think he likes her because she's she's not truly unique. Angela. She's complete opposite. And he finds she's her. She's her own person you yeah. know yeah yeah um he's attracted to that she finds him well, probably sentimental i think well she finds him interesting. interesting yeah certainly interesting because word is at school that he's like a total mental patient because like he had he, been hospitalized for a couple years yeah because dad beat the shit out of him yeah for smoking pot mm-hmm. which he now sells he doesn't care about his dad <laughs> the one <laughs> so when he first shows lester the selections of pot that he's got. Mm, mm-hmm. So he has one bag, which is standard. Well, I don't remember what he called it. Yeah, just... And it was like 300 an ounce mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, yeah, it's about right. I, I wouldn't know. And then he has this little baggie of supposedly government Genetic- crafted. <laughs> government engineered. Yeah. At... $2,000. Now, is it $2,000 an ounce 
Or was it $2,000 for that little baggie? I thought it was just for the whole baggie. The G13? Yeah, which no, there's no strand of weed that would sell for $2,000 an ounce. It's good shit, apparently. Mm. He doesn't care. He just wants the good shit. But and I mean, and he's got the money because he he conned his boss. Yeah, blackmail. Into giving him a year's salary with benefits mm-hmm. yeah. to quit. And he's flipping burgers now. Like we should like to do as a booth. <laughs> um, do, 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 I'm just reading my notes. I'm reading the plot. Um, Frank becomes a little suspicious of um, Lester and Ricky's relationship. He thinks that um, they are having a relationship. Because he does catch a few glimpses of well he's like call me (laughs) and he's saying call me about the the drugs but he sees it as call me for a hookup my wife is leaving call me later yeah um and there's that scene because uh frank is that his name frank fitz dad frank fitz is a very screwed up individual we come to realize um he thinks that his son and Lester are having uh, an affair, a, well, a gay affair, whatever you want to call it. And, and he asks Lester about it, or he's like, where's your wife? And I was like, oh, she's having an affair. I don't care. And the things he says makes it sound like It's all the miscues, yeah. All the miscues of of, of being gay. Because he's like, our marriage is just and, for show. Yeah. And so Frank is like, it's such an interesting scene on Chris Cooper's side. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's great, great acting. It's great writing. Yes. Um, because he's crying. Looks like he's crying. He's shaking. Because he's, well, he's come in from the ring. Well, because that's after he beat up Ricky. Yeah. And then he, and then Lester's like, oh, dude. Let's get you out of these clothes. Get you out of these clothes, which is another miscue. He kind of hugs him. Does he pull him in? Because Frank starts crying. Yeah. And they say, dude, come here. Lester's like, you know, and then Frank kind of grabs him. Grabs his skin. And And then he kisses kisses Lester. He kisses fucking Kevin Spacey. And Kevin Spacey's like, whoa. He's like, oh, I think you misunderstood. And that's just snapped. Yeah. Um, Frank, which we find out what happens. But um, so you're like, wow, everyone in this movie is so completely fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> they all have. And that's, I think, just the, it's not even underlying. It's that right there on the surface is that everyone has their own weird fucked up problems, no matter if you live where, no matter where you live, live in suburbia or downtown or on a farm. It means everyone is. Yeah. I mean, Americans are fucked up. People are people, and you know, people are people. So what does that mean? Um, but yeah, um, Ricky decides to leave home because dad's an asshole. Well, his dad essentially kicks him out. Kicks him out. His mom's like, "Take an umbrella. It's fucking raining." Um, and he goes and he grabs Jane. Um, Angela's over and he goes to Jane's house. He's like, if I left tonight, would you come with me? She doesn't even hesitate. Yes. And Angela freaks out. What the hell are you doing? You're just a kid. I love that scene. I love Mina Suvari in that scene. It's my favorite scene with her. She's, I mean, she's very good. I never liked her. I was like, who's this bitch? Who thinks that she's Mira Sorvino? (laughs) (laughs) Watching last night, I was like, this scene is great because I have known so many people like her uh-huh. and to see her unravel and show that she's nothing. Cause she, what is she truly is, is a hundred percent insecure. Oh my God. Totally. Because she was like, in 17 magazine once. Yeah. One time. And you were, and you looked fat uh, <laughs> or whatever that girl said. <laughs> the two nerds. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. But that's when, I mean, that scene shows how much confidence Jane actually has uh-huh. compared to Angela, which the whole time it, it sh- should be flipped because Angela's like, oh my God, I'm a cheerleader. All the guys want me. Men uh-huh. look at me all the time. I was in 17 Magazine once. 
but this scene, Jane's one like, I have complete confidence to go with this guy. And and, and Ricky are, calls her out on it. He, yeah. Because, she, oh, because um, Jane's like, why do you care all of a sudden? And she's like, you're, I'm your, you're my friend. And he's, and oh, yeah. Ricky, you like, hang out with her to make your, make you feel better about yourself. She's not your friend. You don't have friends. You're, you know, mm-hmm. and he's like, you're ordinary. Yes. Which that, is what the one thing that she, that Angela never wants to be. Yeah. But knows that she is. Yeah. Um, and that's when she goes downstairs and, and runs into Lester and is like, dude, let's fuck or whatever. Yeah, basically. Well, yeah, basically. Because she's looking for any kind of. She wants some validation. Validation. Yeah. And this whole time we're, we're meant to think that she sleeps around, you know, sleeps with so many guys. Turns out she's never. And when her and Lester are about to get on, she's like, this is my first time. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he's like, then smartly, rightly so, they decide to not go ahead with it. Because, ew. Well, yeah. Ew, ew, ew. You well, can... no, I know. And I do like sort of the, her fall, her, her, her come down from that. Mm-hmm. She has like, like another little mini breakdown. Uh-huh. And it's, it's a very like raw scene for her uh-huh yeah that's why i was like I, I i liked her in this like she in this final scene she suddenly becomes very young and vulnerable now she was she was hungry and she needed a yeah. fucking burger and a coke i don't know hangry i don't know yeah so um uh and that's and so and that's because she's talking to Lester and she and he's like, "How's Jane?" Yeah. She's like, "Jane's happy. She thinks she's in love." And and then she's like, "How are she's like, how are you?" Uh-huh. And he's like, "I'm great." Well, what he's is, like, "No one's asked me that in such a long time." Yeah, he's like, I'm, "I'm great. I'm great." And he's smiling, and uh-huh. you think, "Wow, finally, I think he is actually okay with he's he's everything. found like his calm." Yeah. Because he's the thing with Lester, he's been unable to communicate with every anyone mm-hmm. because his wife's a space case. She's a spaz, and his daughter is checked well, out. Yeah, just at that age where parents suck. Yeah, you know. Good luck. I'm looking. And at you. He just wants to be able to, you know, check in. He just wants to connect with someone. Yeah. I think at this moment he's actually connected with himself. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, because there is that moment too where he's mm. talking to um, Carolyn, his wife, right? That other name, yeah. And they're a, almost finding a moment of intimacy. Uh huh. And then she ruins it by pointing out that he's about to spill his beer on the couch. Yeah. And he's like, "That's it's still the a only thing." That matters to you is these material things that don't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. and he's like, just be happy. Just, you know, find the thing. That's actually a good message to take from this movie. From Kevin Spacey. From a monster. So (laughs) uh, Lester finds his calm. He's looking at an old framed picture Mm -hmm. of um, Carolyn and Jane at a time when they were all happy. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a very sentimental moment. He's looking at a, yeah, an old family photo. Yeah, the they're reason. like, um, and then we see a gun pointing at the back of his head. Because well, we see, but Annette, the camera is already starting to pan away. Well, because the whole time Annette Benning is, I mean, uh, Carolyn's been coming home mm-hmm. because he's, she's already been confronted by Lester about her affair. Yeah, and it's not her life out. is falling apart because yeah. now, um, Buddy. Yeah. He's kind of Checked put out. a hold like, on their relationship because he's facing a divorce. Yeah, and he doesn't want to. And get so involved. now Carolyn's all alone again. Yeah, and she's been going to the shooting range. Yeah, and she's gonna confront. Where mentally she's gonna confront Lester with the gun to either show that her her own confidence or to threaten him. I don't know. Mm. I think that's kind of open. Yeah, I've never really thought so about it. So she's walking up to the house. 
Uh-huh. Then we cut back to Lester and we see the gun behind his head. Yeah. And the camera just pans to the white wall. And then there's a the gunshot and the splatter. And... Yeah. I love this scene. This whole sequence. The right whole after. sequence. Yeah. Because it shows everyone at that moment, like five seconds before that gunshot. Mm-hmm. So it shows Mina Savard because she's like, I have to go to the bathroom. And this is why he's all uh-huh. alone looking at the picture. She leaves to go to the bathroom. So then the camera... And it goes into Lester's narrative again, his narration. Yeah, again. they say the when you die, uh-huh. your life flashes before your eyes, the last seconds, whatever. And so he's saying what he sees. He sees one. He's saying it, it stretches. It's not a moment. It's infinite. You yeah. Know? Which yeah. So he talks about he sees Jane, mm. Carolyn, and it's all. It's it's all like, his best happy. memories of them. Yeah. yeah. It like makes me <laughs> makes me a little frustrated. The, the the young Jane, when she's at the door with a little sparkler, yes! is fucking heartbreaking. She's so cute, and it's it's a moment that I think most parents can can. Oh yeah, relate uh, to relate to. That's I've lost <laughs> yeah, words. I know, and and it's and it jumps back in time just a few seconds. To show everyone's reaction to the sound of the gunshot. Yeah, which is I, probably my favorite part of the movie. Well, and then, well, and then jumping ahead or back again. After we see Lester get shot the first time, um, Jane and Ricky come down, see the blood, mm-hmm. and then Ricky see looks at. Oh yeah, Lester. Mm-hmm. Lester, because he's laying he, there with his eyes open, and he's talked about, and Ricky has talked previous about when you look at the dead woman he saw that homeless woman or whatever Mm. it's like when you look at you know certain horrifically beautiful things sometimes they look back at you sometimes you see god Uh uh-huh and at that moment he's he's... seeing lester Uh uh-huh and his most peaceful Mm -hmm. and ricky sees the the almost the pure joy and calm in Lester's face and he mm-hmm. smiles mm-hmm. and then we go into his narration and then we see the reactions to the gunshot yeah again. um so Ricky Angela and Jane An- were in bed Angela's in the bathroom mm-hmm. and she turns that's such an that's iconic a, shot I love that shot she's looking in the mirror and then you hear that shot and then she turns in the uh-huh. camera she looks like right at the camera yeah. and then yeah um Ricky and Jane are lying, just lying, lying in on, bed. Her, on her bed just um, talking yeah, they're not, you know, like doing anything. And they, and then they turn, they, they, they it shows they snap them towards the door. Yeah, their heads and then in. they show Nep ending. Carolyn walking up. You hear a gunshot. She doesn't react. I don't know if she hears it. No, I think what we see is her finding Lester's body. Yeah, well, because we do hear the gunshot when she's walking in the rain. Right. Still, she's not in she's, the house. We yet. see the red door. Yeah, the red door. Um, and then it it go, it cuts to her reaction, and yeah, she's in her room and she's hysterical she's grabbing his clothes in the closet and it's i mean that that's the oscar right there jesus well, Christ. No, that's, i mean i will sell this house today that's that's her oscar i mean um god damn it and then it shows frank walking in his house with blood all over him and he's wearing gloves mm-hmm. and he's got a bloody you know his wife beater his wife beater um and we see the, blood. the gun missing from the, his wall yeah and handle it and the the thing okay so the movie starts with one of ricky's home videos which is of her he's with jane recording her talking about killing her yeah. dad mm-hmm. so are we kind of meant to think that he's gonna do it no so or... do you know why that exists okay so the i think i think they abandoned it but it's it was meant to be to imply that they're implicated in his murder that that's being viewed in a courtroom that's evidence oh, for his murder. Never would have thought And of so that, that, with that in mind, that skews the whole thing now. Yeah, yeah. Because you can just imagine, that's damning evidence. It's oh yeah, circumstantial, but it's incredibly oh, yeah. You got caught saying that, and then something actually happens. You're like, oh, fuck. So now what happens is you have these two kids who are um, accused and most likely convicted of murder that they didn't commit. Mm-hmm. And we're about to run away. Frank yeah. Fitz. Oh, Frank. 
who we know he won't say anything. Oh, God, no. He's a Marine Corps. He's a closeted homosexual. Uh-huh. Who couldn't handle the fact that he was attracted to a man. Yeah. Shot the man. But he's a Marine Corps. He's 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 innocent. And, Ugh. I mean, and there's, so, I mean, it's the ultimate game of Clue. Because you have Annette betting with a gun in her purse. Sure. Yeah. You've got the young. Who, Angela? Yeah. You've got. Like the, she was. You know, you've got the, you know. <laughs> flames on the side of my face. Mrs. White? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Mrs. Peacock is the other one. Is <laughs> Miss Scarlet. Yeah. She's Miss Scarlet. Who? Or Miss White? Who was uh, Flames on the side of my face? Mrs. White. Who was Miss Scarlet? Oh, Miss Scarlet was a. Um, oh, what's your face? Uh, Leslie Ann Warren, yep. ladies and gentlemen. Yep. You worked with her. I know. And you said she was mean. Dan Hedaya would fart whenever they were together because he was so. See, I don't know if he hated told, her, but he you frustrated told, her. He, you told me that nugget so long ago, yet I still love Leslie Ann Warren. Oh, yeah. I don't care. No. It's one of those things where I'm not bothered by the yeah, fact yeah. that she was a, probably a bitch on on, on set. No, she wasn't a bitch. Because she's Miss Scarlet. She was the Texas cheerleading murdering mom. No, I mean, she certainly wasn't a bitch. I, whatever was with mm-hmm. between her and Dan, I have no idea. She was Cinderella. So at some point, he, she, you know, I hope he pushed did. his buttons wrong. And, you know, he ends up uh-huh. farting whenever the two of them are on okay. in a scene together. Um. So I mean, but yeah. you have you know, so you have the the wife who's having an affair. Yeah, she has motive. Mm-hmm. You have the two kids who have motive and circumstantial evidence. Circumstantial, sure. It and, doesn't look good for and anyone. No one knows Frank and Lesser had any kind of interaction. No, not at all. Only Le- Frank knows now. Yep, and he's like you said, he's not talking. So it's, I mean. Yeah, yeah, and so then that, it's over. that was the, that was a, over, that was like a, a early concept I think for that video. Mm-hmm. Okay. It could also have been just simply implied too, like, you know, because why else would they show that video to lead off with? Yeah. Because we know, I mean, as soon as Le- we see Lester die, we know they didn't do it. Yeah, because we know, you know we see everyone where they are when it happens, yeah. so we know all those people. Obviously, it's like, not. It's, like not, it's exactly, not a whodunit. No, I was just gonna say it's not a whodunit. <laughs> but that's how it ends. Um, do you think he died happy? Oh yeah, I think he did. It, okay, so I don't remember. I don't know if you remember. Uh, I think it was Patton's last special. No, I I don't watch stand up. We we watched it though. Okay. It was the. I think talking for clapping. I think was okay. But he talks about just that the sheer bliss being in a supermarket and Toto's Africa comes on and he's mm. just overwhelmed with pure bliss. Mm-hmm. And so the only thing he can do is, is shoot himself oh my God. In, a, in the grocery store. <laughs> but so, I mean, that's Lester's state at that moment. Uh-huh. Pure bliss. Mm-hmm. Total Africa and Africa by Toto. Okay. You know, and so, I mean, yeah, he, he dies at his best moment. He's, he's now living up to that moment. He was living his best moment, his best life. Yeah. He starts living his best life. When what he do you quits think would have happened had that not happened? Let's like say if, if Frank just went home and stayed home. Yeah, if he's like, you know, I'm just... Would would Carolyn have killed him? Mm, I don't know. Because she's got everything to lose. Mm-hmm. She's the breadwinner. Yeah. And she's the one having the affair. Mm-hmm. Lesser, I mean, aside from the almost statutory rape, yeah. he's really done nothing wrong. No. He's just, yeah. you know, completely checked out of their relationship. Yeah. But he's not hurt anyone. <laughs> but. Disclaimer. I mean. Uh-huh. You know. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, it's. 
it's interesting to think of, you know, maybe if if there had been a chance for Lester and Carolyn again. If she decided, I'm going to go back and try to work things out. I don't know. Because she's on the way home. She's psyching herself up to, you know. Do something. Talk to him. Yeah. I don't know. Because I think her mantra going home was she refuses to be a victim or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I keep burping tea. <laughs> How do you burp tea? Tea's well, I think not... it's I think it's the green meatballs at home, but I'm drinking tea. Okay, so my burps are are tea. So that's how it ends. Um, it's kind of depressing. Oh, it's super depressing. I mean, um, it's not Man on the Moon depressing. Man on the Moon. I swear, Google if you pick Man on the Moon, I'm, I think it, I'm allowed one skip, and I think that would be it. We're skip as in not gonna watch it. Put it back in rotation. No. You no, can no, no. watch it. We're not vetoing them. No, no, no. No, absolutely not. No. Anyway, I hope that happens like two years down the road. Hope it happens around Christmas time. <laughs> Shut up. If you believe. But I mean. Let's put a man on the moon. So this movie. Man on the moon. Oh, God. I mean, this appealed to depressive Sean okay. in 99. I think it appealed to a lot of people. And it was completely fascinating just to see a movie with such horrible, horrible characters. Mm-hmm. All of them. They all, they're all they all terrible. Yeah. And they're all amazing yeah. actors. Mm-hmm. Sure. The characters are horribly flawed. Yeah. Uh, I didn't write down. I didn't finish my research. Um, well, let me pause. I got to go pee anyways. Okay. Uh, pause. Oh, wait. No. You know what? Not pausing. So, um, this would be a spoiler alert for anybody who's still watching The Walking Dead. So, Are go ahead and... still watching? I don't know. Maybe. So, right now, go ahead and... If you don't want to hear any spoilers, go ahead and skip like 30 seconds and I'll check back in. I'll watch the time. Um... So Thora Birch, you know, we kind of looked and see what she was doing now. Or I did. You did. Uh-huh. She was in The Walking Dead, like season nine, ten, maybe. Okay. And Travis, my work wife. God. I'm not the work husband. I'm also the work wife. We're two work wives. Mm-hmm. We're in a lesbian work relationship. Continue. Anyways, so he had told me this horrible, horrible thing. Um, still, still spoiler. Skip again. Another 30 seconds. Um, that he saw a zombie in The Walking Dead speak like like a sentence coherently speak and I was like okay I'm completely out that's it I'm done fuck that show turns out spoiler alert that Thor Birch plays what's called a whisperer I don't like that word who are regular people who disguise themselves as walkers by wearing walker skins on their, like, masks. Nope. And they have managed to manipulate walkers to, like, sort of herd them around and stuff. So, yeah, I found that out. So, yes. And one of them sleeps with Negan. Negan? Negan. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan? Yes. Still Skinwalker. Okay. I saw a headline. And how people were so grossed out on set. Because he's fucking a zombie, it looks like. Okay. Okay, anyways, so yeah, that's Thor, what Thora um, Birch is doing right now. Sidebar? Side Sidebar? Thanks, Thora. If you want to read a... Oh, what's that book called? It just slipped me. <laughs> um, I know the author. If you want to read a really good zombie book. I know zombies are not as popular as they were. <laughs> I feel like there was a time when... Like 10 years ago. Um. The... The book, The Forest of Hands and Teeth. Yeah. The best zombie book I've ever read in my entire life by Carrie Ryan. I'm going to promote it now. Yeah. No. Rotten Ruin's pretty fun. Rotten Ruin good. Is, is more fun, though. Rotten Ruin is very fun. Yes. The Rotten Ruin series by. Forest of Hands and uh, Teeth is horrifying. Rotten Ruin series Which, by Jonathan, Jonathan Maybury. Maybury is a really fun zombie series to watch. And not like 
this is a romp because there are a lot of serious like oh yeah. shit moments but the force of hands and teeth that's terrifying yeah it changed my 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 opinion on, on zombies rotten ruins anyway. of very fun set of books mm-hmm. and jonathan mayberry is very interactive on twitter like he sure. responds to as many people as he can he's responded to a lot of my shit and no one ever does good for you so yeah um, he's he's very fun on twitter too so uh okay mac sorry zombie uh talk. Thora birch yeah she's in the walking dead weird which is what she's doing now i don't know what mina suvari is doing she's and not surprising i kind of had a crush on her big time back in the 90s and stuff you know okay. back in her prime sure so whatever so this movie, uh, like I said, it was the best reviewed movie of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, it won not only Best Picture, um, but Best Actor, Kevin Spacey. Best, you know, Annette Bening did not win. She was a nominee. Oh, she okay. didn't win. I thought she won and I thought Kevin Spacey had, hadn't won and he won in Usual Suspects. Because he, he won supporting for Usual I'm Suspects. I'm looking, it says Best Picture winner. Best Actor, winner. Best Director, Sam Mendes, winner. Best Original Screenplay, Alan Ball, winner. And Best Cinematography, Conrad Hall, winner. And then nominee, other nominees that didn't win, Annette Bening, uh, Musical Score, Thomas Newman. God, I wonder what won that year. 99. It's going to drive me nuts. Um, and Best Film Editing, Tariq Anwar, and the name that's cut off. Those were nominees. Yeah, I thought Alan Ball had... Yeah, yeah it was, I didn't see it on the thing, but I guess... Yeah, um, they so DreamWorks didn't want Kevin Spacey or Annette Bening originally. Who did they want? Well, they want uh, they suggested how about Bruce Willis? How about Kevin Costner? How about John Travolta? I. How about Chevy Chase? Oh God, no! Can you imagine? Well, Kevin's I mean, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Chase. Chase, Chevy Chase in '99. He still he wasn't. Well, it was before Community. He wasn't like super assholey, like. But. No, he wasn't notoriously asshole. He would have played it goofy. like as a comedic role. Maybe, I can. And Coster, I think, would be too serious. I wouldn't be able to take because. I can't believe that Coster could do what Kevin Spacey did in this movie. When can, it comes to like just the, I don't give a shit. I don't give a fuck about anything. I could probably buy Coster. I could see more Bruce Willis than Coster. Because of like his his sixth sense kind of acting. Oh, just because I think of John Bruce Dillard. Willis as Die Hard. Yeah, that's you what know. most people think of. But then you see like sixth sense, and you're like, okay, he's he's got the dramatic. But I don't think this role, Lester Burnham, is dramatic. I think it's he's aloof <sighs> without being goofy. But there's no like, ooh, he's so dramatic. He doesn't. He's Kevin just, Spacey does not have like gravitas in this movie. No, because the character doesn't have that. No, he's, which is I think Kevin Costner would try to bring to the role. He's very carefree for most of this movie. Yeah, and I don't see Kevin Costner with that. I think he he's Kevin not Spacey light has enough. a lightness about him. Yes, and Kevin Costner's too heavy, and John Travolta is. No, John Travolta's too soft. He's Danny Zuko. Let's leave him there. He's okay, Danny sure, Zuko. Sure, whatever. Okay. Um, he's too ill run Hubbardy. But uh, Sam Mendes didn't. He didn't want a big star quote weighing down the film. Huh. Makes um, sense. And then he he thought Spacey was right for the role based on his performance in The Usual Suspects Seven and Glengarry Glenn Ross from 1992. Never saw. I saw it. Coffee is for closers. Um, who did they want instead of Annette Bening? Then it didn't. That's really really weird. say he just hired her and didn't even tell him. Oh, okay. Well. Because she's fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah, she's... And really... I don't know who else... I mean, late, you know, 99, who... Kim Basinger? Kim Basinger? <clears throat> wow. I don't know. And because Annette Bain had that Karen haircut. Well... Which works perfectly for this role. I mean, I know anyone can do a haircut. But her look is very... May I speak to your manager? And that's her character. She's a strong black woman who don't need no man. Shut up. <laughs> um, um, Kevin Spacey was originally surprised that they wanted him for this role. 
He says, I usually play characters who are very quick, very manipulative and smart. I usually wait in dark, sort of treacherous waters. Okay, what did you see? He said, this is a man living one step at a time, playing by his instincts. This is actually much closer to me, to what I am, than those mm. other parts. Yeah, I know. And you're trying to sleep with a 16-year-old. Boy. Sorry. <laughs> so uh. the thing is, I mean... It's upsetting. Man, that- it is. Man aside, like, he's very good in this movie. He's very good in Usual Suspects. He's very good in Seven. He's good in Iron Will. He's good at being a creep. Oh, he's not a creep in Iron Will. Does he play, like, the newspaper guy? Yeah, he's Bill Pullman in Newsies. <laughs> Bill Pullman should have been in Iron Will. God, that had been perfect. Could Bill Pullman have been in American Beauty? Yes. Uh-huh. I think he uh-huh. could have. Three years after Independence Day? Oh, man. At the top of his game? Could Jeff Bridges have been in American Beauty? You said that, and I thought of... Um... Kurt Russell? <laughs> no, the guy from Dumb and Dumber. Jeff Daniels. Yes. Not Jeff Daniels. No, Jeff Bridges would have been too the dude. I don't. I just feel like Jeff Bridges would have been too aloof, too like. Think of Jeff Bridges' Tron legacy. I don't remember you know. it at all. Oh yeah, okay. I only saw it like once. Can't rewatch yes, it. Can't rewatch it. Disney Plus. Yeah, I don't know. I. It's just one of those roles where you want to recast it, but you really don't want to recast it because he's pretty great in this role yeah i mean and there's only really like what five principles in this movie and they're all killing it mm-hmm. annette's killing it west bentley is fucking killing it well who won instead of annette i gotta see oh i mean and the two girls mina and thor they crush in this movie uh-huh okay oh Hillary Swank, boys don't cry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She won. And who are the supportings? Well, don't get me started on the 1999 Supporting Actor Awards, because I will go on a rant again. Michael Caine won. Oh, that's goddamn it! Instead of Tom Cruise uh-huh, or uh-huh, Jude Law, uh-huh, okay, anyway. or Haley Joel Osment. <sighs> um. See, Amer- yeah, American Beauty won. I wanted to see what won the score. Oh, no one fucking remembers that movie, The Red Violin. Won. Oh, yeah, this again? Best original score. Okay. Um, um, Thomas Newman did the music for American Beauty, and he has a very particular kind of sound in all of his. It's very different. He's uh-huh. not an orchestral type Isn't composer. Is he a piano kind of? He's like chimes. Oh, okay. I don't know. You know the music, the dun, dun, dun. Uh-huh. this music. You'll start this podcast uh-huh. out with that. Mm. Will I? Yeah, and you'll end it with because. Will I? You know what song I'm talking about? No. The one that plays the end credits. It's yeah. a Beatles song, but it's not the Beatles singing because it's someone else. Okay. I love it. I hadn't and, actually thought of the music for this movie. I, I, um, I was going to play um, Summer Lovin' again by the Vandals. Thomas Newman, of course, related to... Randy Newman? Randy Newman, David Newman... Alfred Newman. Who the fuck are all those guys? Wait, Alfred Newman from Mad Magazine? <laughs> no. <laughs> Alfred Newman, the guy who wrote the 20th Century Fox fanfare. Okay. It says like grandfather. David Newman did the scores for like Serenity. Is anyone in the Newman family not a musician? Jesus. I'm sure. And Randy they're Newman's a pariah. Randy, David is his brother. I think Randy's a cousin. Oh, okay. Um. Who my hates, favorite, who hates short people. My favorite Thomas Newman score is Little Women. We talked about him, maybe, uh-huh. when we did Little Women. Sure, we, probably. He has chimes in that, too. Ding, 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 Oh, he's a chimes guy. But he did not win. Joshua Bell won for playing the violin in the red violin. Okay. How about we wrap this shit up? Um, a quick b- budget. Oh, yeah, yeah. They actually went over budget. It cost $15 million. They went over a tad For bit. what? Salaries? I don't know. 15 million isn't that... They shot at a high school and they... At the time. House. So 99, or when they made this, what? Maybe 98. I don't know when they sure. made it. But DreamWorks, DreamWorks was struggling. Mm-hmm. They didn't have Shrek yet. <laughs> okay. 
Um, they weren't doing well, um, but they bought the rights to this. Um, Steven Spielberg told Sam Mendes, no matter what they tell you, it's okay if you need to spend more money. Don't let them tell you you can't. If your idea costs more money, do it. Mm-hmm. And Sam Mendes is like, okay, Spielberg, I will take that advice. So what was their budget? I mean, what was their... I don't know. Oh, okay. It didn't go to specifics. It just specifics. says that they went over budget. Went over. Not like crazy over, but... So let's say $20 million. Well, it says 15 They probably had a budget of... Oh, yeah. Budget 15 So, yeah, maybe like 20 Sure. Maybe 17 Wow. Maybe 16 50 Maybe 15 five. Um, How much did they get made? 110 Uh, More. Okay. What? I'm guessing it got a surge after the Oscars, but it made $356 million. Well deserved. I mean, that is insane. I might have seen it twice in the theater. That is crazy. Yeah, for a movie that doesn't have superheroes in it. Well, okay. Well, it's ninety nine. It was the year that people say the best year of film. I want. There's an to, entire podcast. Yes, but I want them to take a look at two thousand one. I oh, give yeah. them time. Shark. They've got a lot of movies to get through still. So. <laughs> Um, $356 million. Oh, oh, fine. Great. And it was filmed on sound stages at the Warner Brothers back lot in Burbank, California. Hancock Park, Brentwood, aerial shots were Sacramento, and the school was South High School in Torrance, California, mm-hmm. right by where we used to live. Been there many times. We used to live really close to South High. A stone's throw, as Stone's throw, and several extras in the gym... Or South High students. Gross. Uh, just want to throw that little fun fact out there. Um, yeah, I didn't. I really pulled the good from this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I f- feel much more positive about it now than I did in the past. I mean, if you can remove, you kind of have to. Kevin Spacey's drama from this drama, then. It's a gr- it's still a great movie. It's not one that you're gonna watch no. a lot. Nope. Um, it's a once. But I feel hunt, like a couple years movie. Maybe. If you like, it's just it's well written. Yeah, I know. I mean, the story's not. It's not like oh, it's a story you've never seen before. It's not that kind of situation. No. It's just. It's I just know, it's all a, the words are perfect in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, Sometimes they get shit right. You know. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't seen it, I feel like it's a movie you should probably see. I mean, it, historically, you know, it's important in film. So if you want to. And it's one of those things where, I mean, it was before we knew certain things. Of course. So. Hence. Like the, the Cosby show is still a great show. Yeah. It was made by a monster. Yeah. I mean, that's. Yeah. So anyways, how about we go to Google? Okay. Uh, I still got a pee. I never paused. Two. <laughs> Did I take out? I got to make sure I took out American Beauty. Okay. Uh, 260. Okay. Hey, Google. Pick a number between 1 and 216. Here's a random number. 99. Ooh. Ooh, the nine, great one. Wayne Gretzky. 1999, the best year of film. Okay, sure. Kingdom of Heaven. What the fuck is that? <laughs> what the fuck is that? Uh, it's a Ridley Scott movie starring Orlando Bloom. I think I watched it once. Is it like a Persian it's, movie? Uh, it's like the Crusades or something. Oh, is that it? Oh my God, it's like three hours. I think I have, the only copy I think I have is the director's cut. Oh, for fuck's sake. And you were worried about Man on the Moon? No, at least this shit ain't depressing. Is I it I don't though? know what this movie's at. I honestly, you don't even know. I also saw this movie once. I have no idea. You don't remember it. Kingdom of Heaven. Two thousand from two thousand five. Um, it's Orlando Bloom's first star vehicle. And I'm sure it was great. I don't know. Is it Which better? is why I don't even. Remember. Is it better than Elizabeth Town? Elizabeth Town was pretty good. <laughs> it's fucking weird. Okay, Kingdom of Heaven. Oh, we were so close to. King Kong, same year. Oh, look at Kingpin. Number was number a hundred. Kingpin, 
Yeah, I know. I told you we, we have kingpin. <laughs> oh my god, would it have been funny if we'd gotten kingpin? I would have shit my pants. But I just saw the list. Number, now it's number 99. I don't remember owning kingpin. 1996. <laughs> Bill Murray's in it. I mean, I'm less surprised that we own kingpin than I was with Shrek 3. <laughs> Shrek the third or whatever it was called. Shrek the third. Oh my god, that's so funny. Kingpin. Kingpin. <laughs> okay. It's not a panda. <laughs> okay, so yeah. Camera heaven ain't shown anywhere, so good luck. It might be like on Tubi. <laughs> Maybe in Tubi. Cool because world is on Tubi. The world is Okay, bye. It turns me on Because the world is right